0: Welcome to the inaugural episode of the Disney Cruise Line Blog Podcast. My name's Scott. I'm joined by my wife Emily. Hey! And our daughters around. Hi! Hey. <laughs> so, what are we going to talk about today? Is there anything I, news?
1: I think we should start with some DCL news. Oh, uh,
0: I don't think anything happened this week. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'm pretty sure our credit card feels the opposite. All right.
0: And if you don't know what we're talking about, Disney Cruise Line released the 2017 summer itineraries.
1: Boy, did they ever.
0: The uh, Dream is now doing a uh, three, four, and five nights, with uh, the four and five nights in uh, June and early July are doing two stops at Castaway Key.
1: That would be the do-to-guest feedback. And, you know, to be honest with you, since we're talking about double dips, the first cruise that Scott and I ever went on was our honeymoon. We did a three-night wonder following our wedding. But the second cruise we went on, which was the first cruise we went on with our daughter, who was three and a half at the time, was a double dip. And then the second cruise that Isabel went on our third cruise, was another double dip. So the two stops to Castaway Key are definitely something that people really enjoy. (laughs) And I see Scott's face because he does not enjoy those cruises. Because Scott doesn't enjoy anything. So we joke about the due to guest feedback segment of Disney, Disney Cruise Line. But You get a survey when you're done with your cruise and people always talk about how much they love Castaway Key. And I think part of the reason why people love Castaway Key is that just the guests of the boat, the ship, if I say boat, Scott will get mad, the ship are there. People love Castaway Key and the double dips are high in demand. And you know how you can tell they're high in demand, Scott? How? (laughs) <laughs> the pricing <laughs> you don't say, <laughs> and you know, I'm just gonna touch on this, a Tad, because Scott will be honest with you on the Twitter, and he will talk about how he doesn't know much because he's never booked a cruise, which is true fact,
0: never I, booked a cruise.
1: I have been the primary booker, if you will, of all cruises. And I will tell you that our first double dip cruise, we got lucky with the Florida resident rate and got the the refund, which was nice. But Disney is not stupid and they know exactly what the consumer wants. And so they price accordingly. And these double dips, um, you know, Disney tiers pricing anyway, depending on time of year. So summer, spring break, Christmas, Thanksgiving. I mean, Scott, you'll agree. Those are high season times. But they put these double dips specifically in the summer so that they can charge a premium for them because they know people will book them. People will like them. So Plus, school's out. School's out. Exactly. So, yeah. So that's the first... that's the first part of the itineraries. What else, what else did you notice, Scott? So that's the dream. That's the excitement on the dream. How about the fantasy? Are we noticing anything exciting new on the fantasy with our 7777 seven, seven, seven all day long?
0: The fantasy was the biggest surprise of the itinerary re- release with the uh, continuing of the alternating seven, e- seven night Eastern and Westerns, but also doing uh, a 10 and, a, and an 11 night Southern Caribbean cruise out of Port Canaveral. You know, they've toyed with the uh, Southern Caribbean's out of San Juan, but this one's out of Port Canaveral with a couple extra sea days. And uh,
1: and I'm going to drop the due to guest feedback again.
0: And they also go to Castaway Key,
1: Right. Because I know that I have seen. So we did Southern. Um, we did a Southern in 2014 on the Magic which was the first time that they'd gone back to the Southerns after just offering them for kind of the holiday deals when they were doing the 10 and 11 nights on the Magic. And I will admit, although my favorite port, which we'll find out hopefully in a later podcast and talk about more, is St. John, U.S. Virgin Island, the Southern Caribbean cruise was one of my favorite um, itineraries that we took. So... I will admit that this 10 and 11 night sailings that they have on the Fantasy are truly unique um, in the sense that you're out of Port Canaveral so, you know, the airfare is saved by a lot of people. I mean, if you have to fly to Florida if you have to fly to Puerto Rico, Scott, what do you think? I mean, six, one, half dozen other, I mean, depending on where you're coming from I would imagine. Right. Because for us to fly to San Juan, I mean with JetBlue southwest it's not that much so when we did ours we did a one-way and took the ship home you know that was kind of a nice way um so these so the 10 night southern caribbean on the fantasy sails out of port canaveral they're going to aruba which we've never been to we've never been to curacao which is cool uh we've been to st kitts which loved st kitts have never been to tortola bvi's um, although they're doing that on the eastern, so that one's a crew. That one is a cool cruise that, um, for us in particular, we've only been to um, Castaway Key, obviously, and St. Kitts, and then the eleven night. The eleven night's a good sailing as well because that one takes you to Aruba, Barbados, which we loved Barbados. That's a place that I would hands down return to. Martinique, so that would give Isabel the French flair that she's looking for. It returns to St. Kitts, um, and then Tortola BVI's and Castaway Key. So, I mean, I think out of the two, I'm always one for the longer sailing, so I would certainly pick the 11-night Southern. But, again, um, Disney Cruise Line knows what people want, and people have been asking since they released those cruises on the Magic in October, and then this year they did them on the Wonder in January, and next year they're doing them I'm sorry, in April they're doing them on the Magic. Disney knows um, that people want them in the summertime. So they're going to go ahead and charge that premium for that. And um, today, for those of you who are listening, today was Golden platinum booking, so you could call Disney Cruise Line or call your travel agent. And I think I would like to entertain some of the prices for you guys because it's very comical. When I saw the royal suite in the fantasy for $65,000. I laughed harder than I had laughed in a long time. And then Scott reminded me, hey, em, guess what? Someone's going to book that. <laughs> and yes, they are. So um, when you're taking pricing into consideration, it's really hard to compare ships and time of year. Um, when Scott and Isabel and I did our seven-night Southern out of San Juan in October of 2014, with the onboard booking in a 7A, a True Navigators veranda, um, we booked around 3300 which was not bad at all. But I'm going to just kind of... Some of the pricing that they have mentioned is is absolutely crazy. And the cheapest room you can get on the ship, uh, on the Fantasy or any of the ships, is an 11C. And for two adults, two adults in this 11-night Southern Caribbean cruise, you're looking at $8,132.56. And, I mean, seriously. We have one child, so an 11C you want to add a child to that? 10000 Now, Scott and I have been on multiple Disney cruises. Isabel has been on just one less than us. But $10,000. I mean, that... Scott, how do you feel about $10,000?
0: The uh, Magic Southern Caribbean's out of San Juan in April? Those prices look really good right now.
1: Right. I mean... I'm interested I'll be interested to see honestly how this kind of pans out if people are holding their you know you, can you have the deposit for three days so are they gonna let it go are they gonna book it are they gonna drop one final payment which is what we saw with the British Isle cruising this year that people kind of dropped so fantasy she's definitely still doing her eastern westerns and then super cool uh those 10 and 11 nights southern from Port Canaveral so, Scott, what's going on with our classic ships? We talked about the dream. We've talked about the fantasy. Let's let's talk about the magic because she's super magical, which I know you love those catchphrases. But let since she's our favorite ship, let's talk about what she's doing. What is she doing in the summer of 2017?
0: On April, she's finishing up her Southern Caribbean cruises from San Juan. We just kind of touched on those. Those prices look really good right now. Even with airfare, pre and or post-cruise post lodging, it's still looking good.
1: But Scott, seriously, what, what's going to be your, your main difference? I mean, what, if you're looking at the Fantasy um, in June versus the Magic, other than her sailing out of San Juan, what are the differences in the ports? Because I'm thinking as a layperson, the 10 and 11 night sailings are due to the sea days that you need to get from Port Canaveral down to San Juan, right? So that's going to add your extra couple of days there. Um, so if I'm a layperson who can sh- travel anytime and I'm not worried about school schedules or vacations, why? What? what's the difference between that 7 and 10 night sailing, Scott?
0: On the fantasy, you're getting Aruba on both of them, Curacao on one of them, which are not on the uh, Magics, Southern Caribbeans.
1: So some Newport. Yes,
0: and uh, however, back on the fantasy, they're not going to Saint Lucia, Mm
1: -hmm. and they are going to Castaway Key, which, yeah, that's that's a that's a big difference.
0: Uh, There are four sea days on both of them.
1: So what you're paying for in those 10 and 11 night sailings, okay, you're essentially you're trading out a couple ports. You're paying for Castaway Key in the sea days. So in essence, if you want to get technical, you're, you're kind of paying for the crew to take care of you because on the sea days- And fuel. And fuel. You're, on the sea days, you, you're captive audience of the ship and on Castaway Key, it's your crew. So, you just have to see kind of what works for you. But, I mean, honestly, being a Central Floridian, I love driving to Port Canaveral. I think it's incredible. I love just being able to hop over for one hour and and get on the ship. But, honestly, for the cost difference, you probably could pay the airfare to get to San Juan and back. Right? Oh, Definitely. You're getting Barbados which is awesome. We've been to St. Lucia. We've been to Antigua. We've been to St. Kitts. Martinique would have been new to us. That would have been the port they switched out because we went to Granada instead but um, so my, my question is to you Scott if you're a new person or someone who's contemplating a southern Caribbean cruise on Disney Cruise Line you have not gone to the southern Caribbean before and they say to you on Twitter hey Scott would you recommend the 7-night over the 10-night or 11-night? What would you tell them?
0: I mean, is price, in, is price involved in this decision? Because
1: if I we're talking
0: price, I'm saying fly to San Juan. It'll still be cheaper.
1: You and I, obviously, we've been married for a long time, but we're similar in the fact that we enjoy the longer cruise, right? But if the longer cruise is going to cost you almost double just for three or four nights would you do it? No. Yeah, that's Here's right. an example.
0: For our family to get on one of the cheapest seven night Southern on the Magic in April is $3,393.
1: Excuse me, can you repeat that again, Scott? Because for those people that are not going to process this, they're going to need to hear that again. One more time, please.
0: The lowest inside stateroom right now available. If I were to book it right now,
1: What category is that?
0: Oh, I'd have to click a few more clicks. Mm. Let's just say it's an inside. Okay. It's $3,393 for our family of two adults and a child.
1: That includes um, taxes. Poor tax. Total price
0: includes taxes, fees, and port expenses. Wow.
1: Yeah, the fantasy is not that cheap. So, okay then. Now, so if I'm looking at the fantasy... And her cruises... Um, I'll just, um, you don't have to pull the 10 night because it's cheap. I know, you're laughing. So for just two adults, it's $7,836. It doesn't even include our child. Sorry, Isabel. You're going to have to stay home Bye. by yourself. Bye. You, Sorry. You can feed the cats. Oh, because take me to school. Well, it's the summertime. You're good. Oh, yay. All right, so... Since we got a little derailed on that, Scott, what else is our Bay the Magic doing? What anything new? Anything exciting? We know she transatlantic[s] it over to Europe.
0: She finishes up those Southern Caribbean sailings, and then she does a six-night repositioning from San Juan to Port Canaveral.
1: I want to do that cruise.
0: It's actually it goes to Saint Kitts, to it. Antigua, Tortola, Castaway Key, and you have a sea day in there. and you get a little taste of the southern and a little eastern and castaway key
1: and we could just have some friends pick us up that's awesome
0: and then that and then immediately she'll turn around and head out to copenhagen on a 15-night transatlantic cruise that does not go to castaway key it leaves on a saturday and goes straight across the pond
1: just for for those of you listening um two of the cruises that scott and i kind of have on our bucket list are transatlantic and panama canal um we did not do those when isabel was not school aged um because we do have just one child she's a nine-year-old who doesn't want to miss more than one day of school anymore it's gotten to be quote-unquote intense so uh unless we've got you know someone to kind of watch after her we're not able to uh to go on those but those are definitely those are definitely on our lists the transatlantics or the or the Panama Canal all right Scott so once she gets over to the uh to the European coastline what are we doing what are we working on well
0: she's starting things off in Copenhagen
1: sounds good I enjoyed Copenhagen
0: would be a uh, seven-night Northern European cruise. Actually, a couple of those with various... Uh, port orders a little different.
1: I, I will admit that... um I, don't, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but that's one of those cruises that, you know, we did... Um, Scott and I and Isabel did the 11-night inaugural with Iceland last year, and we loved that. I definitely would love to... Um, we do one of these northern european capitals cruises where you head over to helsinki finland and stockholm sweden and kind of hit some of those other ports so that's really cool uh i think that's great that one's just a, a seven night and then she she kind of jogs around up there right scott she's well, she she's doing the, some uh, norway cruises more fjords
0: cruise. same itineraries last year
1: right. right and then she does some iceland stuff
0: 10-night, and then uh, mid-June she'll do a 10-night repositioning Northern European cruise from Copenhagen to Dover to reposition there. Uh, it's a mix of that Northern, the 7-night itinerary.
1: Oh yeah, that's an amazing cruise. I actually wrote Wow next to that one. So, that that's really cool. We, um for the listeners, we are not going to go back to Europe in 17 because um I I kind of put the wife foot down with Scott and said I I would love to traipse all over Europe but we still have not gone to Alaska so we are not I, I put the wife foot down and, and Scott was okay with it cuz he doesn't yeah he doesn't think that that Europe and and Alaska are going to go anywhere anytime soon with Disney Cruise Line so um but that that was a cruise I did right while wow next to because I think that 10 night northern European um, with Copenhagen and a Germany port and Sweden and Finland and Russia and Estonia uh, Netherlands and ending in Dover I I think that's a great cruise I think that that one is a that's going to be a top notch selection
0: So the Magic's first cruise out of Dover is going to be the similar 11 night Norwegian Fjords and Iceland cruise.
1: Similar to ours um, that we went on except they they trade out Christianstad, which was our least favorite port um for Elsa Norway, correct? Yes. And they also uh get rid of Christ um no, no no Kirkwall for another port in Scotland. But yeah, that that's that's a great cruise. That's that's a that's a highly recommend.
0: And then it's then she'll do another 12 night British Isles cruise from Dover. It's uh a little bit different than this year in 2017 than it is in uh 2016 it's kind of the order of things.
1: You know, I just wanted to make a little note on that. So, in 2016 when Disney Cruise Line put that British Isles cruise out, and the British Isles cruise was the hot cruise. Would you say Scott that was the hot cruise? Yeah, that was definitely
0: the one that caught everybody's
1: eye. Yeah, so people were booking that one. And then um when final payment came around, a lot that of availability. Yeah, a lot of availability came up. So, um I just wanted to do a quick comparison for anybody that was kind of listening. So, the 12-night British Isles cruise in June uh, leaves June 5th, 2016 for two adults in a category 7A I I mean, inter- interesting pricing here we've got 12609 thousand um, dollars. Okay. Now if you've got the onboard booking then then you save a little bit. The twelve night British Isles cruise from Dover that was released today that Golden Platinum could book for a seven A you've got eleven thousand one hundred and seventy eight dollars and two cents. It doesn't say onboard yeah it doesn't say onboard booking but I was super uh, impressed to see that that cruise, the pricing on that cruise, because, you know, it was one of those things that did Disney learn their lesson from last year, or pricing was about the same. They didn't, you know, raise or lower it too much. And then looking at another category, two adults in an 11B in 2016 was $6,026.92. And in this year, and and $7,002. So, um, very surprising for Disney that for a cruise that was so sought after in 2016, they kind of kept very similar um, for 2017. So, uh, what I did see when I was kind of looking at, um, as I was creeping your Twitter inappropriately, since I don't do social media myself, um, the cruise that seemed to be the expensive one on the Magic, was the Ten Night Mediterranean. Um that is the July twentieth, twenty seventeen sailing. So I am amazing. And took cruise. <laughs> I did. So, you know, the Fjords cruises, you know, the ones with Iceland you know, they are what they are. But but that ten night Mediterranean, um, that's Barcelona it's interesting that I mean I saw something that was two adults two children in a 10A inside stateroom granted you can have the secret porthole but ten, over $10,000 and I thought geez Louise that I mean if you're an American you've got to get the airfare to get over there the whole thing I mean if you're already over there that's great so um, good to see the Disney magic making her making her jaunt through the med and uh, Norway and Iceland again so so Scott, any surprises with the wonder that you were excited about? Um, you know how how does she how does she get into her summer sailings?
0: Near the end of April, she'll take a fourteen uh, night Panama Canal cruise. Jealous. It's about the same. It goes to Cozumel, Colombia, Panama Canal, Puerto Vallarta, Cabo, and then into San Diego. And uh, in San Diego. She'll do a couple cruises, uh, a two-night and a three-night cruise to Ensenada. The three-night and the two-night are the same. The three-night just has a sea day.
1: Scott, I have a question for you. Are you able to book those two and three nights back-to-back? Is there going to be any Jones Act situations?
0: Above my pay grid.
1: <laughs> I think the answer is no because I believe that somebody has done that. But that's pretty cool that you can kind of make a five-night sailing out of that and... Get you two cruises for your Castaway Club level, so there you go.
0: And then, remember, I've never booked a cruise. <laughs> Best. After her brief stay in San Diego, she'll do a. a uh, oh, I skipped one. There's also a five night Baja cruise in there to goes to Ensenada, Cabo, with a couple sea days.
1: That's cool, Cabo San Lucas. Yeah, I
0: gotcha. And then, in mid May. She 'll do a uh, the five night repositioning from San Diego to Vancouver with a three sea days and a stop in San Francisco, and that'll put her in Vancouver
1: all right, so then um she does that, and i I imagine she's going back up to Alaska. I mean, I know the answer to this, but she's going back to Alaska, Scott. is there anything exciting for two thousand seventeen
0: Yes, finally, a little bit of change up in the Alaskan schedule um. There are plenty of opportunities to sail the regular seven-night Alaskan cruise.
1: Same cruise that she's been doing for a while with with Tracy Arm, Skagway, Juneau, and Ketchikan, okay?
0: But this year, they've changed up a bit. There's They've added a five-night Alaskan cruise that just goes to Tracy Arm and Ketchikan. They've also added an alternative seven-night sailing. On uh, July seventeenth, it uh, it includes a new port of call in Alaska, Icy Strait Point. Uh, from what I gather, they're opening a new, or they're constructed a new cruise pier in the area. And the other big one for Alaska is the returning. They did a They're doing another nine night this year. They did that a couple years ago and added Sitka. On the front end, on the first cruise of the summer, because I got up there a little early. This year, it's a 9 nine. It's not going to Sica. It's going again to Icy Strait Point, and it's also going to spend a day up by further north at Hubbard Glacier.
1: So I love how Scott's describing this because this is the cruise that we booked. What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that I booked. Um, and what's interesting about that is. Um, last year, 2016, 2015 was our 10year wedding anniversary and we were going to Happy go to right and we were going to go to Alaska, but they released this cruise with Norway and Iceland, which Scott was sure was going to be this cruise that was going to be special and inaugural and who knows what
0: if they if, don't go back to Iceland?
1: What if they don't go back to Iceland? So we booked it we went we loved it we cruised with friends we cruised with family and um honestly as much as i absolutely hate and despise anything remotely cold under 75 degrees that that cruise is probably ranked up there as one of my favorites being able to show our daughter um places over there isabel what did you think uh it was pretty nice i really liked it um what was your favorite port
0: what was it,
1: uh, Reykjavik? Reykjavik. So, and we'll we can talk about that in a, in a later podcast. Since Disney Cruise Line is still going there, we can talk about things that we liked and um, you know ports we didn't like, etc. But so this year, um, we the same friends and family, well, some of them that traveled to that on that cruise with us, were trying to sway us to the Med. Um, and while I would absolutely love to go to the Med, I am not going. Back to Europe, darn it until we go to Alaska and Scott and I talked about this nine night Sitka a couple years ago, but Isabel would have been in school so here we go so here we go Disney Cruise Line releases this nine night with Hubbard Glacier and a new port and I tell Scott let's do it so we book it I, I mean I think that a future podcast we can have can talk about kind of pricing and value and things. And I will tell you that our um, perspective on cruising has definitely changed after the multitude of cruises that we have been on, and what we think we need to what we really need. Um, and so, you know, Scott is to the point where as long as he's on the ship, he's happy. I mean, he doesn't really care what room, what deck, et cetera. Um so we did we did go ahead and book it. I do wanna make just a small just a small note about pricing that if you look at twenty sixteen, um just a regular old seven night Alaska itinerary, and you've got two adults and one child, um the price in twenty sixteen is seven thousand seven hundred and fifteen dollars and seven cents. The price for June nineteenth, so just one day before. In 2017, so essentially the same cruise, same category, two adults, one child, eight thousand one hundred eighty-nine dollars and seventy-nine cents. So, the the cruises definitely go up every year. Um, Disney knows what they're doing when they are making these special cruises. You know, ten night Med cruises, nine night Alaskan cruises, a seven night Alaskan with a you know stop at Icy Point. Uh, I see straight point they, they know what they're doing they price them accordingly um, so you do sort of pay the premium for those types of things but um, and Scott and I and Isabel f- and our friends and family found that out with Iceland but you know you have to kind of weigh your personal pros and cons to how you feel so overall I have to say that honestly um, for these summer cruises I was impressed I was impressed that um, they listened to the guest feedback. Guests have been asking for more double dips. They they did them. Guests were asking for southern Caribbean cruises in the summer or during breaks. They did it. Guests were asking for a change up with Alaska. They did it. They, um, you know, you can still book the regular Alaskan cruises, but... They went ahead and, and added a couple new things. Um, in the Mediterranean, they've, you know, guests really do enjoy that. Northern European capitals. Guests like the Norway. Guests like the Iceland. Um, the British Isles. Things like that. So, I, I was impressed. It wasn't what we, you know, Scott and I and the, and the Disney Cruise Line fan community will always talk about the, the Disney Cruise Line more of the same. You know, they release the fall. They release the spring. And it's the dream doing three and four nights. It's the fantasy alternating eastern and westerns. It's the magic and or wonder. Somebody's out of Miami. You know, we had all four ships out of Port Canaveral at one point. So it was nice to see them kind of do something different. And and add a couple new ports. Like, you know, in the southern Caribbean, Aruba, Curacao. You know, I, I think that's really cool. Because... I feel like they are listening to the guests. What they're not listening about is the pricing. I mean the pricing is is really is really crazy. And if you do compare to other cruise lines and things, I mean it is a it is a vast difference. So what will be interesting is to talk about this exact thing in about 9 months. To a year, when final payment is due. So Scott, I think we should make a note to revisit this and talk about, um, you know, it'll be interesting to visit um, and see how 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 you're doing. And you know, guests ask, guests will ask Scott and say, you know, how can you tell this and that? You know, an example of of pricing and availability is if you look at the fantasy in June. She's got Florida resident rates. She's got some military rates. Kind of if you go by and you look and you see most or every category available, you see concierge available, you can kind of get an idea of how full the ships are. So that definitely, don't you think, Scott, that plays a role into that because with the Florida resident rates, you know, they use those cast member rates. You know the interline rates. They need to fill those ships, um, so they they get the people that know they want the cruise in that book opening day or soon after, and then you've got your people that drop out and so on.
0: But even though the resident rates or the military rates are back down to open near opening day pricing though, so they're not going any lower.
1: They just- well, we can talk about history that opening day rates used to be your lowest rates and you know then they started the the guarantee state rooms and you know so on and so forth and you know I I kind of joke about those guarantee rates because you know those are what the pricing used to be in the past and it's hard not to talk about Disney Cruise Line and not mention pricing and again that could be a whole nother that's a whole other topic for another podcast cause, because Scott can, Scott and I can both tell you how we've exponentially watched the, the fantasy, you know, in particular, how we've watched her, her go up. But it'll be interesting to see kind of how these Alaskan cruises and these, you know, other cruises, kind of how they fill and and if they make f- final payment and things. Because anybody that has cruised Disney for a while, um kind of can get that that sticker shock and they can see that so yeah it'll it'll be interesting i'm excited to go a lot to go to alaska i do hate the cold i would like to see alaska um i know isabel wants to see snow right isabel you want to touch snow she didn't get to in iceland even though we've had tour guides try um so scott what do you think your assessment of these summer sale dates are
0: I think it's pretty great I, there's variations on you know the same itinerary so if you haven't had an opportunity to go on one particular itinerary it's probably still there there's also shake-ups on itineraries you might maybe go to alaska every year and you are ready for something new you got your opportunities this year i mean they're offering unique uh caribbean southern caribbean cruises uh during summer break for families Canabraal,
1: so awesome so, right you're, you're paying for it, but yeah, you're right. It's they brought pricing.
0: and they brought back the uh, double dips, the two stops of Castaway Key for the Dream. This again during the summertime, so you know there are definitely a lot of choices to be had in the summer of 2017.
1: And uh, so you would, you would say there's probably something for everyone. You probably could. I think that you're you're definitely right. I was. I was um impressed, and um, yeah, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to to that. I, I did I had to laugh. Um, we were talking about the Alaskan cruise. I was talking to someone at work about it. She asks me, "Did that price include airfare?" <laughs> right. That was exactly how I responded. Um, no, unfortunately, that doesn't include include airfare, ground transfers, or insurance. It's funny to see someone's face when you tell them that because they kind of look at you like, holy cow. So um, I think it will be kind of neat to take the readers of the Disney Cruise Line blog and the listeners of our new podcast kind of along with us as we plan for this since we have over a year and we have a lot of resources that we can use um, to book different things. I, I already have our hotel you know kind of earmarked haha earmarked um, as to what we're going to reserve but you know it'll be, it'll be interesting and um, Scott how many people have asked you when fall of 2017 is going to be released because that question never gets old <laughs> so um, I know this was kind of the inaugural podcast
0: more like sea trials
1: sea trials so cute um For the blog and the podcast, um Scott for for all of you listening that are like, why is Emily talking because
0: um, I don't talk.
1: <laughs> I book the cruises and I do the research, so I'm going to be kind of involved.
0: Well, I think that'll about wrap it up for today. We've talked enough about itineraries. uh good luck booking. hope you get what you want. it uh price that doesn't leave you running for the hills
1: or mortgaging your house or a second mortgage or something don't do that yeah don't do that it's not worth it i know that i have a lot of ideas of things i want to talk about so i mean i can talk about most things from you know remy brunch um, dinner Things like that, food experiences, excursions, ports, various things. Isabel wants to talk about the kids clubs. Um, I, I know that Scott has ideas. Scott, what would you what would you tell folks if they want to hear something specific from you?
0: Well, we'll definitely cover those various topics. and if you if there's anything that you'd really want to talk about or if you have any questions, let us know in the show comments send us an email, give us a call, tweet at us at the DCL blog.
1: I'm going to speak for Scott when I say I hope you enjoyed this podcast. I'm I could talk for another hour, but Scott has forbade me to do so. So, we are trying to keep these just like short um and stick to maybe news and one topic. So, um, you know, hopefully If you have any ideas about a different format you'd like to see, let him know. We welcome guest feedback. Due to guest feedback. And not in a sarcastic way.
0: You can connect with the show via the comments on the website, Twitter at the DCL blog, or give us a call at 321-765-3252 with questions, comments, or feedback.